0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: And welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the email and for your great support in listening to this show. You are helping me and Voice America make a difference in the lives of Americans with disabilities, but I want you to know it means so much to me. And you know, every so often in life, you will have that opportunity to meet someone that I refer to as the real deal, someone genuine, someone that's fighting the fight every single day for Americans with disabilities, and you're going to meet two of those people. But specifically right now, I'm referring to our first guest, Mr. Jim Dixon. I know many of you know Jim. He's been on the show before, but he is with AAPD. But more importantly, he is with America in fighting the fight for freedom for Americans with disabilities. He is a civil rights leader and champion. And it really, to tell you the truth, is an honor for me to know Jim, serve Jim, and have him. On our show today, Jim. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Joyce. That was very kind. I think you're talking about somebody else. I'm just an organizer.
1: Yeah, and as I and also I forgot to add, he's very humble. No, Jim, I'm talking about you, and it is, um, you know, you know who you sound like, Justin Dart. So that gives you a good idea of what he's like. Well, that's, that's a good honor. step in the right direction. Um, Jim, before we start quickly, um, you want to tell everyone what you do at AAPD.
2: I'm vice president for government affairs and I lead our political participation effort. Our goal is to have people with disabilities be the largest, most effective block of voters in the country.
1: And that, folks, is what Jim Dixon is working on all across the United States in a grassroots effort with AAPD, but Jim has had experience doing this for a long time. Jim, I know that we in the disability community have been working on this for years. For example, we know in the recent presidential campaigns, we were not mentioned. People with disabilities were not in the platform. And, of course, a way to change that is by having a voting block. But we have been working on it, for a very, very long time. You are an expert, in my opinion, in this area. So, first, for our listeners, your opinion what has worked and what has not worked?
2: Well, we are making progress. We really are. Um, we have to give just some broad background. Um, What has worked is we can significantly increase the turnout of people with disabilities when we organize to do that, and we organize at the state and local level because our politics is local. In Missouri, we just got back some very exciting um, numbers from our folks, and, for example, from the ARC, we, in 2006, the statewide turnout in Missouri was 53%. 53% of all registered voters went to the polls. For AAPD members and for the ARC's um, supporters, we averaged over... 80% turnout, and that is up 20 points from four years ago. you got to compare the off-number election. you got to wow. compare two, 2006 to 2002.
1: That is phenomenal.
2: It really is.
1: And what do you attribute that to, Jim? Um,
2: hard work, hard work, and hard work. Um, we have created a coalition with a lot of people in the state of Missouri. They've been worked, they now have 48 organizations that participate, so we would not have had those results without the hard work of a lot of people. I'm not going to mention names because I'll leave somebody out, but... They the coalition has raised the money and has two full time people who work day year in, day in and day out on voting. We organize phone banks, we do nonpartisan direct mail. It's all nonpartisan and it's very effective. I'd say the other to the other half of your question, the uh The thing that we haven't been able to master yet is closing the voter registration gap. People with disabilities are registered to vote at a rate of about 20% below the rest of the population. Or another way to say that is for every one of us that are registered to vote, there's another who is not. And we're 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 planning some test experiments to see if we can develop a, a system that can be replicated so that we can close the registration gap.
1: Jim, we have a question for you from Alana from Mobile, Alabama. And the question is, before I ask you a question, Mr. Dixon, I want to thank you. I don't know how often people take time to thank you, but thank you for all the work you were doing at AAPD to help Americans with disabilities get that great opportunity everyone should have, which is the right to vote. My question is, I see so many people living in poverty. I see people living in, I would refer to it as rural areas, people with disabilities. You know, I'm wondering, are we way behind in the South in comparison to other parts of the United States in reference to registration, which is what you're talking about?
2: Unfortunately, yes, you are behind in registration, but it really is a national problem, a fascinating piece of information, I think. Individuals, and this explains a lot about what gets talked about in our public discourse, what gets talked about in elections. Nine out of ten people who make more than $75,000 vote, and most of them vote in the primaries as well as the general. If you're on SSI or SSDI, people with an income of under $15,000 a year, less than half of them vote. And, unfortunately, in the all-important primary, only about 15% Mm. vote in the primary. The primaries, this is going to sound weird coming from me, but if I could only vote in one election, I'd skip the general and I'd vote in the primary every time. Because it's the primary that shapes the debate. Those constituencies that are dependable primary voters, the candidates, court them and talk about their issues. When many advocates work very hard after the candidates are selected to get disability into the candidate's campaign. But frankly, it's too late. They, law, they make their commitments to those who get them there, and it's really the primaries that do that.
1: Wow. That is amazing, the, he, the disparity yep. he, he, in reference to uh, economics. That's he, amazing. Here,
2: here's another piece of information that, that demonstrates the power of the primary vote. Roughly 7% of the population cares enough about the abortion issue, the right, right to choose, right to life, that it's a factor in their voting. It's only 7%. That's much, much smaller than the disabled population. But here's the reason every candidate has a position on the abortion question. That 7% is about equally divided between Republican and Democrat and makes up over 20% of the dependable primary voters in each party. Or another way to say that is 3.5% of the population at large votes in the Republican Party and they... They all talk about their abortion position. Three and a half percent of the population at large votes in the Democratic Party, and every Democratic candidate has a position. We have to mobilize our our brothers and sisters to vote in the primaries.
1: And this is an area where obviously we're behind, because as you pointed out, Jim, that we, we don't vote, we aren't registered as we should be. What is, again, the total registration? What would you say it is percentage-wise? Um, of the 37.5
2: million people with disabilities in the country who are eligible to vote, you got to take away the children, right. yes. the non-citizens, et cetera. Um, A little bit less than half are registered to vote. So we've we've got a right now a potential universe of about eighteen and a half million who should be voting.
1: And of that eighteen and a half million who should be voting, fifteen percent vote in the primary. Yeah, that is just amazing. Think if we had that 18 million voting. Think about it, folks.
2: If we, if we had 18 million of us voting in the primaries, there'd be candidates with disabilities running for president right now.
1: Oh, that is so true. That is so true. Listening to the show, I want you to listen to Jim, because we have to make a difference. We must be registered to vote. Got to do it. Must do it. Right now, we're going to go to break for one minute, and then we're going to be back with a true champion, someone that's trying to make a change in America, Jim Dixon with AAPD. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's vote, Voice, where we want you to vote at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back.
0: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
4: Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Trevera's David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Travera's Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend.
3: conversation at a click of a mouse voiceamerica.com
5: if you have a question or comment call and toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender
1: and welcome back to the show if you just tuned in you're in for a special treat and an education because we have today as our guest jim dixon Vice President of Government Affairs for the American Association of People with Disabilities, talking about voting for Americans with disabilities. And if you want to know more about Jim and AAPD, go to www.aapd.com. Jim, when we went to break, we were talking about the number of people that are registered and not registered to vote. A question I wanted to ask you what parts of the disability community have responded best to organizing to get out that vote
2: we've got data because we actually look we actually match or, or we help organizations match their consumers to the voter files. So all of the stuff that I'm saying is based on hard evidence. There's, there's no no guesstimating going on. The DD community, led by the ARC and United Cerebral Palsy, far and away, not only lead the disability community, I, I think that the, that the ARC probably has the highest turnout percentage of its constituents of any constituent group that I know of in the country.
1: Is that right? That is well you know what that makes me very proud because I'm on the board of Achieva. Yes. But that's very interesting. And and
2: you know, if you look at, if you look around us, there's proof in the real world. Look at the level of resources that go into the D.D. world. That's not. Yeah. That, that, it's that it's not a coincidence. That doesn't just happen. That over ninety percent mm-hmm. of their folks vote, and they have a very high voting rate in the primaries. That's not a coincidence.
1: Why do you think that is, Jim?
2: Um, well, I can only repeat what um, people like Sue Swenson the head of the ARC, have have told me. Up until about 20, 25 years ago, people with mental retardation basically died in their 30s or or early 40s because of medical science, because we've gotten rid of these horrible prisons called called, institutions. People live longer now. And so the family and the parents of people with disabilities have to look at the world and say, you know, what's going to happen to Sheila when when I'm not here? And so that's a very strong motivator to do everything that has to be done and to do it right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that that brings me to another question I have for you, uh, Jim, from a Leanne in Iowa, Uh, Mr. Dixon. I have a question to ask you, and I do think uh, that you have worked on this issue, but I'm not sure. My question is: What happens to elderly people who are in some type of assisted living facility? What happens? How do people vote?
2: Well, first of all, thank you, Luann. And if you would please contact me directly, um, or or if it's all right with you, Joyce could pass your information on to me. I would love to talk to people and to more people in Iowa because it's such an important state.
1: Absolutely.
2: The... Um, First of all, it's a mixed bag, and it really depends on the management of the uh, assistive living center. On the, on the good side, there are many places now, now that polling places have to be made accessible, there are many assistive living centers that are becoming polling places. Every state, including Iowa, has a procedure in place that will allow volunteers to go into the polling place, uh, into the assistive living center, to first register people to vote, and then to bring them absentee ballots, and if they need assistance, help them fill out the absentee ballot. One very important recent victory that happened as a result of the leadership of Betty Williams from the AAPD board and from uh, self-advocates working together is the American Bar Association recently adopted the disability community's position on the appropriate way to provide assistance to people who need assistance in, in nursing homes and assisted living centers. And what that means is it's going to take time, but with the weight of, of the American Bar Association, coupled with the disability community's work, we're going to have much tighter and strongly implemented procedures for helping those folks vote. It's going to take a couple election cycles, but we're, we're already seeing um, significant increase in voting in uh, states like Washington State and Oregon in particular, where absentee voting is, is very, very popular.
1: Yeah, and you know, Jim, I am so happy to hear this because I've always been concerned about that. People who are in assistive living or nursing homes or, you know, what would happen, you know, who...
2: You worry that that somebody who's helping them and they're actually voting... Yes. Yeah. Well, that's actually a crime. Um, We're... Going to be meeting with the Department of Justice because it's time that some uh, lawsuits be brought on that issue because unfortunately it does happen. Um, But by and large, you know, as Americans, you know, most Americans are fair and honest people and want to do the right thing, and we all know that voting is what makes us the greatest nation on earth. And very, very few people mess with that.
1: And it is, it is what makes us, I mean, that right to vote, oh, such a powerful thing. But it it is, I'm sure, different to Jim in every state. I'm talking about with the assistive living situation.
2: Yes. Well, We do not have a national election system. We have a patchwork quilt. All election laws differ drastically, not just in terms of the assistive living situation. And there are significant difference in state laws. But in Oregon, there are no polling places. Everybody votes absentee. We still have some states in this country where, where you've got to jump through five hoops while singing the Star-Spangled Banner in order to get an <laughs> absentee ballot. <laughs>
1: Terrible. Terrible. And, Jim, anyone listening to the show, if they have a question about voting, no matter what state they're in, uh, they can reach you at aapd.com?
2: Um, yeah, let me give you the email address. It's aapdvote at earthlink.net. aapdvote at net.
1: Okay. aapdvote at earthlink.net, if you have any questions about this. Jim, Or if um,
2: people want to help.
1: Right. Oh, and that's what we want more. We want people to help. We need help, believe me. Jim, can you talk for a minute? I know you have to leave soon, but could you tell us about that November 2nd forum?
2: Yes, this is very exciting. Um, In New Hampshire on November 2nd, we're organizing a full day meeting with the candidates for president in New Hampshire, the... The Granite State Independent Living Center um, on the ground is doing a great job. We're going to fill a room with 500 people with disabilities. It's going to be webcast so people across the country can organize um, forum parties and watch what goes on live in real time. So far, Senator Dodd is the only candidate who's agreed to come. But we're going to get the others. And this is a national effort. There are 23 national disability organizations who've come together to put this effort on. So anybody who's listening, the candidate of your choice, except for Senator Dodd, who's agreed to come. Contact them and tell them that they need to be in Manchester, New Hampshire, on November 2nd.
1: You heard it. You heard it from Jim. And I know we're going to be going to break, but before we go, I want to say, Jim, uh, on behalf of all Americans with disabilities, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for all the work that you're doing And I just want you to know we appreciate you, and we're all behind you. Well, thank
2: you. But the real work is being done by all of those on the ground.
1: Yes. And as I said, you're such a great and humble man. We do love you, though. And with that, we're going to go to break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where we want you to vote on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back.
3: the powerhouse of internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com
1: I'm Garcel Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are 2.5 million Americans with the condition
3: From our home to your speakers, VoiceAmerica.com.
5: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
1: And welcome back to the show. We had been talking the last half hour to Jim Dixon from AAPD. And now we're talking to someone making it happen right in the state of Arizona, Ramon Garcia, who, by the way, I met and heard about from Jim Dixon. So welcome to the show. maybe you could start by telling our listeners throughout the world a little bit about how you got involved in the disability community.
6: Absolutely. Um, and, And thanks for having me on today. Um, I've been involved uh, in public health and, and working with the disability community most of my professional life and uh, and have been involved in politics uh, kind of as, as a passion of mine. So um, about two years ago, I uh, got involved in some meetings in Arizona uh, looking at uh, disability vote community um, and, and trying to organize. Uh, the community throughout the state um and it was kind of a a good marriage of both of my interests uh, uh for me uh at the time and and uh, over the last 2 years we had some meetings and some organizations uh, got together and decided that it was time to put some money into a, into a pot and uh and organize uh more effectively throughout the state and uh, in February, they hired me as an organizer, and uh, we've been going at it in Arizona trying to organize the disability community to
1: vote. Oh, that is wonderful. Now, uh, it is, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it Ramon Garcia? It is, correct. Okay, Ramon, a question that I have for you. You know, Jim was on before, earlier in the show. What he was talking about was how it happens. Locally, you know, everyone just thinks about federal, national, but I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about that for a minute, about the importance of a full-time state organizer, for example. Absolutely,
6: and 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 looking at this from from a much global perspective, it's it's important to have a paid organizer that can commit the time and resources to really pulling together uh, the state organizations and state coalitions that, that develop. Um, it is a full-time job. It's, it's something that, in our in our communities, we really haven't paid a lot of attention to in the past, in regards to trying to bring together individuals um, not only to register to vote, but more importantly, to vote when it comes time to vote. We we do a lot of uh, of footwork in trying to register people, and, and a lot of the organizations that work with people with disabilities throughout, uh, throughout the states are required um, under you know, federal voter motor laws or other state and local um, laws to register or make an effort to register people to vote. Registering is never enough, and, and, and what really counts is, is not registration numbers, but actually people who go to the polls and, and cast that vote. Um, and I think we've been derelict in our communities to, to try to encourage that. Um, and in our communities to do so in a very, very nonpartisan way. Um, and really, just as our organization is called in Arizona, just vote Arizona. And that's really all we're trying to do is encourage people to just vote. We're not real interested in who they vote for. Um, we don't support candidates. We don't issue, issue campaigns, we really, really want to encourage people to vote, to take a, to take advantage of new laws like HAVA that came into fully effect in the last federal election, um, to utilize accessible locations and accessible equipment, um, and to make to really make use of um, in in many states uh, early ballot requests um, to vote at home if, if that's a situation that is much more um, amenable to individuals to vote. So really, it's, it's, it's a couple of things that are happening, including doing a lot of voter education in the process, and really kind of changing the the mindset of local voters that elections aren't just about the presidential elections that happen every four years. That There are a lot of local and state elections that happen really year-round and, and kind of changing the mindset that elections happen all the time and every election counts.
1: Oh, how true that is. Um, and Jim, we, I mean, when we talked to Jim, he talked about that, what you were talking about, you know, getting the people actually to get out there and vote, you know, not just register but actually vote. And we have a Linda here from Philadelphia who sent a question in, and her question is, could you give me some answer on what do you do education-wise to actually get people to vote that aren't affiliated with any organization?
6: We, we do a lot of outreach where, it, you know, we, every state obviously is different, and, and it really has to do with what kind of budget and and monetary constraints the state organizations are, are, are limited by, but really the education can happen at a one-on-one level. We talk to individuals, volunteers, staff members, and organizations of the importance of discussing what elections are and what the issues are in their communities with friends, families, and neighbors and colleagues. Um, that really is Probably the most effective way of educating um, electors in our community about elections. But also um, looking at newsletters through organizations or people who are not affiliated with organizations, looking at, at much more mass media campaigns, doing newspaper ads, radio interviews such as this, doing television interviews, showing up at community events um, and talking with individuals about the importance of voting. Something that people don't usually get from partisan campaigns or partisan activities. It's usually, you know, vote for my candidate or vote for my issue. We are just vote. And, and talking about the importance of voting and how voting impacts individuals benefits, um, individual services that they may receive in our in our communities. And really trying to show the importance of what voting means. does voting affect policymakers and th- those policymakers who may or may not be favor- may not be favorable to our communities or our community interests what, um, what kind of activities does voting impact on um, in all reality, the, um, you know looking at newspaper advertising, um, looking at, in, in some cases, television, and, and print advertising such as postcards that we mail out to organizations and, and other communities, um, billboard ads. All of that is really kind of a voter education piece that, that needs to be developed and that I think in, in many of our disability communities, we've never really, really um, have made a concerted effort to, uh, to approach
1: well, absolutely, or as we mentioned earlier on the show, you know, we were not mentioned in the presidential campaigns, but if we had a large number of people registered to vote in voting, uh, we would. You know, I, I whenever Jim was talking about the 37 million who could vote, I said, imagine if all those people were registered to vote, and Jim's answer was, if they were all registered to vote, you know, we'd have a person with a disability running as president.
6: Absolutely. We'd have somebody in the White House.
1: Right. Um, so, even you know,
6: half would make an impact.
1: Oh, you know? absolutely. Part of that would make a difference. Remember, that presidential election was lost over 100,000 votes, so I'm telling you, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million more votes Would make a big difference and that's why you have to register to vote and then get out there and vote you know you have to take time to do that you know just as Ramona saying we don't care if you vote Republican Democrat independent whatever you are we just want you to vote that's what we care about just that you have a voice just that you're registered to vote and how has it been going in Arizona uh, with registration, you know, uh, it's been it's
6: been incredible. We've had such a positive turnout, and and our member organizations and our coalition have really taken taken it to heart that, of the importance of of getting people involved in registering people to vote. Um, under you know federal voter or motor voter registration laws, it's, it's really kind of a passive activity that occurs. You know, people have voter registration forms sitting on the counter somewhere and assume people will, you know, pick them up, fill them out, and mail them in. Um, Our organizations um, have really taken it to heart and are actively pursuing people to register. They're asking people. They're helping them fill out the voter registration forms if there's some difficulty in understanding the forms or, or there may be some difficulty in filling them out. We have the ability in Arizona to register people online with the Secretary of State's office, Um, and at last count, we have registered, um, in a short period of time, almost 2,000 people, and for Arizona, that's quite a bit in in our our disability community. Um, You know, through looking at counts reported by the different organizations, as well as activities that we've taken on as a coalition and going out to communities and um, physically registering people on site um, at different um, community events or meetings or or gatherings. Um, Well, you know,
1: I just want to say one thing before we go to break. I want to stress again how important I think it is to have a full-time state organizer because it's like anything in life, you know. If you don't have someone working on it every day, 24 hours a day, you know, a concerted effort, focused effort, it won't happen.
6: Absolutely. I I fully agree.
1: I don't care what, because no matter how many wonderful, and don't get me wrong, we love everyone volunteering. We need all of you to volunteer. But you need that point person to drive it. Do you know what I mean, Ramon? Absolutely. I think what happens is
6: that if you don't have somebody committed to do this, we do the work... um, In not such, I guess what I'm trying to say is the commitment isn't there if you don't have a full-time person.
1: Right. And you can't
6: get the job done. No,
1: because it's not organized.
6: Exactly. With volunteers, again, like you say, they're great, and I utilize volunteers all the time. However, volunteers provide a great service, but they don't provide a full-time service. And organizing, especially when you're looking at states as large as Arizona, um, you know, with a with geography um, as diverse as well as a community as diverse, um, it really takes a lot of effort in pulling people together um, over a lot of space and, and, and very diverse communities.
1: Absolutely. And I agree with you 100%. And we're going to go to break for a minute. Great. If you just joined us, we have with us today from the state of Arizona – From Just Vote Arizona, Ramon Garcia. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice on Disability Matters, VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back.
3: From our home to your speakers, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com.
4: A renowned speaker, writer and personal coach Steve Maraboli has risen to national prominence by delivering highly penetrating and effective programs that help people shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to their greatest potential, and align themselves with happiness, success, and excellence. From Fortune 500 companies, national corporations, and social organizations, to professional athletes and inner-city youth, Steve Maraboli is a recognized leader in personal enhancement. Speeches, seminars, and coaching with Steve Maraboli are designed to help break through the barriers that hinder happiness and success, rejuvenate ambition, reignite the drive to succeed, boost productivity, amplify motivation and inspirational drive, renew inner strength, and maximize effectiveness. Today is a new day. Release the power within. For more information, visit our website, abettertoday.com or stevemaraboli.com. Or email us at staff at stevemaraboli.com.
3: Ladies, suppose I told you it was possible to have the life you have always dreamed of. You know, the life you daydream about while waiting for the light to turn green. Or sitting at your computer doing the same thing day in and day out. Would you stop everything and listen? What if I told you you could have it all right now? Do I have your attention now? Well, keep listening as Amber Dots brings the art of manifestation to the Voice America Women's Radio Network with big, and Deliver, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com
5: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Spender.
1: And welcome back. And if you've been listening to our show today, we have two great guests, first half hour Jim Dixon from AAPD who is the vice president of government affairs working on a national level and Ramon Garcia the with Just Vote Arizona who is their statewide organizer doing a fantastic job in the state of Arizona with us right now as our guest and Ramon have you noticed as you've been meeting people you know, has it been a surprise to people with disabilities when you have talked to them and they were never registered to vote? It is. It, it's
6: it's surprising in, in two man, in two regards. It's one that there's somebody actually doing work in the vote community and and now has an interest in in listening to what they have to say and and really encouraging them to participate in the electoral process. I think. Um, For the longest time in our communities, we've been so disenfranchised um, from the voting process, both uh, from, you know, political campaigns who really don't heed what we have to say and listen to the concerns of the disability community to the election officials who have, up until, you know, in recent history, have never really made a concerted effort to, to bring people in to vote, or to encourage them to vote, or even participate in election boards and other civic processes. That you know, our communities are really surprised that that this is going on. Um, you know, the fact that we're really encouraging people to register and talking about the importance of of voting and 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 the really, you know, opening doors and saying welcome, welcome to the electoral process. That this is not something foreign. This is something that matters to us and we're going to stand up and make our voices
1: heard. Well, that is fantastic. I I do want to ask you a question. We have a diverse uh, population across the United States and I know you do in Arizona. What are you doing to specifically outreach to different groups such as Native Americans, uh, Hispanics, African Americans? Because I know you know, in some parts of the country, some of these groups feel they've been left out with disabilities. Absolutely. Yes. What are you doing in that regard?
6: Like like the disability community, you know, ethnic communities have also been disenfranchised. And then when you look at, at our disability members within these ethnic communities, um, even more so. So we, we're making a concerted effort, especially in the state of Arizona, to really outreach to... Um, these ethnic communities, such as the Hispanic community, because we sit on the border and, and, and we have a large Hispanic population in this state. We have a large African American population, and obviously we have a large um, Native American population. So we're making the effort in, in, in trying to develop materials that are that are culturally appropriate um, for our communities in languages that are that are. Readable and understandable in these communities and working with community members to develop these kinds of materials and develop programs to outreach to these communities. We're, we're going on to some of the Native American reservations and doing activities and doing outreach, um, which which is really interesting because I think it's the first time that the disability communities um, on the reservations have ever had this, but I think for a lot of of, of the communities, it's the first time anybody has come out to talk about about voter registration and elections. So we're, we're really, really reaching a larger population than, than originally anticipated, which, which is very important because I think if we kind of hook these individuals in our discussions, we have now allies for our communities. Um, we have people with disability interests now that are, that are coming forth and saying, I may not have a disability, but I have a family member, I have a friend, I have a colleague. And the issues that they're facing are important to me as well um, because, you know, as we grow older or, you know, as, as, we, as, as health sometimes deteriorates, we come across um, people who are experiencing disabilities um, in, in a new light. And I think, you know, for, for individuals it becomes something eye-opening and, and they now have a different viewpoint on the importance of elections. Um, So we're looking at a lot of different communities that have never been exposed to general election messages, much less disability election um, messages, and really kind of bringing in people that we probably normally wouldn't see being interested or getting interested about the electoral process in, in very diverse communities in Arizona, and I'm hoping that this carries forth in other states as well.
1: And, Ramon, in your state of Arizona, have you, do you feel you're getting recognition from the state representatives? I think it's starting.
6: You know, obviously we'd, we'd love to, to be up there with the big players and, and on par with everybody else, but we're a young organization. But we're starting to have some key legislators and some key election officials throughout the state really taking note. We have a website, um, our Secretary of State, uh, his office and I are working together to develop accessible um, voting request mechanisms through the website, such as requests for, for early ballots in Arizona. Um, we have an interactive website that hopefully before elections will be up and running. And we're finding out that in Arizona, we're the only um, online site that has that capability. The Secretary of State's office herself doesn't even have that capability, we're working with several legislators who are very um, very big supporters of our community to try to get the message out as well and, and looking at their constituency and, and talking about the importance of you know, not only registering to vote, but also the importance of registering to vote to deal with issues, uh, policy issues in and around either benefits or services for people with disabilities. Um, we've got local election officials who are inviting us to the table and and, and, and talking about accessibility and how to better serve um, the disability communities in their areas um, that even as, as early as the last election did not occur. Um, so, you know, they're, they're bringing us to the table so we can talk and play a part not only in, in, in the obvious voter registration, voter education, and election process, but also what happens behind the scenes. Um, in the electoral process and election times. And I think for, for a coalition as young as ours, um, and in a state as large and diverse as ours, I think that's very admirable for some of these um, election officials that are really kind of saying, look, you know, we recognize that this is a constituency that is important in this state, and, you know, we want to, you know, have the, not do something for them, but, you know, more so bring them and let them be part of the solution. And I think that that's important. Uh, is, well, that Ramon, important.
1: before we end the show today, if you had a message you wanted to give to all of our listeners, what would it be?
6: Vote. That's
1: what absolutely.
6: I it would be. Just vote. You know, register, get educated about the issues and the candidates and the campaigns, and more importantly, vote and make sure that your friends, families, and colleagues vote.
1: And Ramon, if they want to contact. Just a Vote, or your group, how do they reach you in Arizona?
6: In Arizona, we have uh, a toll-free number. It's one 744 vote or 8683 is what it translates to. Or we have our website at www.azdisabilityvote.org.
1: Well, Ramon, I want to say this. Thank you for what you're doing to help Americans with disabilities vote. Thank you so much. That is so important to all of us, and we enjoyed having you as a guest. And thank you. And with that, we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. And do you have any guests who, I know you can guess who it's going to be. That's right. It's Justin Dart, Jr., who said, Vote as if your life depends on it, because it does. This is... Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, on voiceamerica.com. Get out the vote.
0: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters, right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.